Thank you. John chapter 17, verse 26, please. Um, thank you. John chapter 17, verse 26. I do apologize for my voice again. Uh, we're not going to be here long. If you'll give me a few moments, I'm going to drop this and, and run. <laughs> And we gonna work with, we'll work with it a little later. Because I, I already, I feel some things stirring. <clears throat> Hallelujah. John chapter 17, verse 26. The Bible says, And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Verse 27. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Yes, verse 27. I'm trying to get that. Uh, Glennette, I'm, I'm going to get better. Uh, you know what? Ho- hold on. Let me, see. Let me see what I want to do here. Hold on. Glennette, you fine. Because it's John chapter 17 that I want to do, but let me do something else. See if I can't get this so we can all be able to head out of here. Go to verse 22. I'll build from that and we'll, 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 we'll. John chapter 17, verse 22. And we'll get ready to head up and head out. Jesus is speaking and he's talking to his heavenly father. This is Jesus getting ready to go. Um, by way of Calvary and he's praying and Jesus says and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one now this particular passage of scripture this is glory for me this is glory for you this is glory for every believer So Jesus has emphatically said, thou gavest me what you gave me, I've given them. The same glory you gave me, I've given them. Meaning every believer has glory in them. Ken, every believer has glory in them. Now, I'm not going to get all of this today, but I want you to know what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about the extraction of glory. See, getting it wasn't the problem, Ken. It's getting it out of you. Because the word extraction means to get. It means to pull out. It means to draw out with specific skill or force. So God is going to get it out of you. God is going to draw it out of you. God is going to pull it out of you with specific skill and force if necessary. Because he puts something in you. What a lot of us don't understand is is we say, God, I want to give you glory. He said, well, let's go. And the first thing is, is you realize you don't like the glory process. 
I don't have, a, like, a, for sake of time, let me stay right here and do this right. So to get, to pull or draw out with specific effort or skill or force. Now, I usually don't do this, but I'm, I'm going to do this quickly. My point number one is this. I'm going to let you jot this down. The path to the extraction of the glory of God is rarely a pleasurable journey. The path for the extraction of the glory of God is rarely a pleasurable journey. Some of you all are giving God so much glory, but it's just not a pleasurable journey. You don't like what you're dealing with. You don't like what you're having to go through. You don't like when these things seem like they're just not lining up right. This ain't what you expected. This ain't what you thought. <coughs> but you said, I want to give God glory. I, like I said, I don't usually do this. So that's point number one. And I'm going to skip number one. And I want to preach number two. We'll come back and do number one later. But point number two, because you're going to understand number one, don't worry. But point number two is this. Now, I could give you some stuff on number one. I just don't, we don't just got time. Number two is, this is what you got to hear. The destination of the journey far exceeds the inconveniences of the journey. Where you're going is far more important than what you're going through. Okay, let me see if I could do anything here, Ken. I heard them singing Psalm 66 and 12. Yes, sir. Uh, Glennette, Miss Glennette, please. Psalm 66 and 12. I believe this is what we were singing. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou brought us out unto a wealthy place. The Lord brought it back to my remembrance when I was in high school. Now, I know they don't do this anymore. When I was in high school, I took a, what, what they call a metallurgical class. That's when you work like uh, in a foundry environment with metals and stuff like that. And in our high school, we had those kinds of things. So I took a metallurgical class. <clears throat> and the Lord brought this back to my remembrance while y'all were singing the song. The way you harden steel is you heat it up. So you go through the fire. And the next thing you do is pull it out the fire and put it in the water. So you cool it off. And you know how you heat it, you know how you make it hard again? You heat it up and you put it back in the water. So all we've been doing is getting hard to all of the things that the enemy is trying to bring in our lives. Because God's been allowing us to go through the fire. And then he put us through the water. It's hardening you to the effects of the enemy. Well, the effects that he thought it would have. It doesn't affect you that way now. <coughs> so even though you might not have liked the process, it was good for you. Even though it may not have been comfortable, you know, fire, that, that, that get real hot. That get real hot. You don't know how much more you can take. <coughs> then all of a sudden you get pulled out of that and you cool off. 
so you can be hardened to the impact that the enemy wanted to bring against your life. Let me let me give you some real 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 text here to kind of run with. Because the destination of the journey far exceeds the inconveniences of the journey. Romans 8 and 18. Holy Spirit, help me. Romans 8 and 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. So there are some sufferings. Anybody going through anything? I mean, I'm not talking about your flat tire on the way to work. (coughs) You just really needed some new tires. I'm talking about somebody that's going through some stuff. Some things that just seem like they don't go away. Some things that just like, my goodness. And you know what? I'm talking about, I'm talking to the believers who know that God can do it. I'm talking about the ones who got, now I know your ability. (coughs) I know you can do it. I'm just not sure if I can endure it. Okay. He says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I keep telling you there's a glory in us. It's actually in us. Let me see if I could talk to somebody here. And I'm, 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 let's see. What kind of glory is revealed in you when you, your trust in God outlasts that financial crisis that looked like it would consume you? What kind of glory is revealed then? See, I, I'm talking about people who have had to go through situations where financially it looked like there's no way out. No, I'm not talking about somebody who said, well, You know, all we got to do is make it through this month. There was a period of time in my, I I do apologize for this, but I'm going to work through this. If you could get, if if you could get past it, I am. Because I'm not going to stop doing what God called me to do. How I feel does not dictate what I do. So that for all y'all sitting there, are you all right? Yes, I'm all right, okay? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to do what I was called to do, and I'm going to be all right. Like I say, sometimes the journey is just not pleasurable. <coughs> but that don't mean that you can't, you're going to stop. Hallelujah. So look at this. I'm talking about somebody who recognized the ability of God to bring you out you know God can bless you. You know he can turn things around. You know he can fix it, but you're still going through it. <coughs> Financially, what do you want to do? Financially, what are you looking to, to accomplish? What do you want done by now that's not done? You're still struggling with it. Still wondering, is it going to turn out? I want you to turn to 2 Kings with me, at chapter 4. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four, verse one and two, please. The Bible says, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah saying, my servant, my husband is dead. Or thy servant, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. 
excuse me, her situation made her cry. You know, I can't help but you all, you, I, I'm sharing this with you because some of you all need to learn how to take scripture and find out really what to do. <coughs> the Bible says she cried out and she cried out to the sons of the prophets unto Elijah. <coughs> her situation made her cry and there's nothing wrong with crying when you cry unto God. What's wrong is if you cry unto the wrong people or people that can't help you, what good is it? Okay. Watch this. Her husband had been guilty of doing the right thing and now she was in debt and could not pay. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, her husband feared God. She was, a, she was part of a God-fearing family with financial troubles. Oh, my goodness. Her access to normal provision was dead. Her husband was dead. See, it was not about, it was not just affecting her, but it was going to affect future generations because the creditors had came to take her sons. See, I'm saying in this time, you all, we have to understand that there are some things that we're dealing with that if we're not careful, not only will it mess us up, but it'll mess up our children and our children's children. Verse two, Elijah said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house? And she said, you know, all I've got is this pot of oil. Listen to this. What you have is not as important as what you are willing to do with what you have. What you have is not as important as what you are willing to do with what you have. This woman said, this is all I have. But the prophet said, I'm going to use what you have if you're willing. See, are we willing to allow God to use what we really have? I want to share a couple things and we're going to be out of here. God simply used what she had to get what she needed. <clears throat> Well, look at verse. Look at verse three. Then he said, "Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few." Let me share something with you. When you cry to God and God answers you, your instructions are your instructions. They're not for everybody else. If God says something for you, it's for you. Let, let, let me give you a little something else on that. When God gives you an answer, don't look for a second opinion. I've met believers who, who for some reason, they think that, you know, well, let me go over here and see what so-and-so say about this. Well, let me, well, you, you know what you do? You open yourself up to satanic suggestion. Because really what you did is you rejected the word of the Lord. For your situation. Because you think there's another way, an easier way. Why are we always looking for the easy way? Let me help you. There is no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. 
Sure, God can accelerate some things. God can accelerate some things. Not you. Listen to this. Let me go back over this in verse 3, because when I say this, I hope you see this. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. You know you are ready for change when your deliverance is more important than your embarrassment. You know you're ready for change when your deliverance is more important than your embarrassment. He said, go to your neighbors and get it. You mean I got to go out there and all of them are going to see me asking? What, what you going to do with all of these vessels? She wasn't concerned about the embarrassment. She was concerned about the deliverance. See, we say we want God to bring us out. Are you still concerned about your embarrassment? Or have you gotten to the place where it's all about my deliverance? Because until you get to that place, you're not ready. Well, y'all looking at me funny today. <laughs> Must be my voice. Verse 4. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Listen to this. There will always be other vessels that God wants you to pour into, but you have to shut out the distractions. There will always be other vessels that God wants you to pour into, but you got to shut out the distractions. In other words, the supernatural ability to pour into other people, God, or pour into other vessels, God gave her. The ability to shut the door was hers. You stop the distractions. You stop everybody else from pushing into your life. You stop everybody else from saying what they want to say. That's up to you. God's got the supernatural. You handle the natural. We almost finished. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. She poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full. She said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Keep working the instructions you were given until you can't work it anymore. I'm telling somebody how to come out of this. Keep working the instructions you were given until you can't work them no more. That's the way this works. Verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Listen to this, beloved, because I believe this is very important. Always go back to the source of your instructions for further instructions. What do you mean? I've seen people who God starts them on a path and they start to see the success. Then they go to somebody else for instructions and they give them instructions that's contrary to the path that God has them on. Go back to the source of your instructions for further instructions. Also, 
if you and I were so good at handling our financial uh, situations, how did we get here in the first place? Because sometimes, you know, it's like it, it, it's uh, sometimes you can, for those of us that have been on some medication, you know, your doctor can give you some medication. They say, well, you know, take this for a week. Well, three days, you start feeling good. I ain't taking that. I'm good now. Because at that third day, you're feeling like, yeah, okay, I'm all right. But you don't know that's just the way you feel. Stuff still floating around on the inside. And it's just waiting for an opportunity to spike back up. See, we start feeling good about being, being brought out of a situation because now we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not out yet, but it's almost like, okay, God, I got it from here. I can handle it now. If you and I could handle it so well, how did we get here in the first place? You know, how did we really get here in the first place? All right, last thing. Let me read this again. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay that debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. The Bible says, then she came and told the man of God, watch out for the sin of presumption. She did not presume that she had everything together. She said, listen, let me tell you where I am now after following all your instructions. Then he gives her the next instructions on how to live the rest of her life. Did you get that? Not how to live today, but for the rest of your life. Because she came back and didn't presume how to handle things by herself. I believe we have entered into a season where God is extracting glory from his people. He is going to get it out. He is going to pull it out. He is going to draw it out because he's got the special skills. And if need be, he's got the force to make it happen. It would be best for us all to get the instructions and to follow the instructions that we've got. And as things begin to unfold, not forget where we got the instructions from. Because I believe what God is doing is going to glorify him, whether we enjoy the process or not. Do you know that the Bible says Jesus learned obedience through the things he... I got three or four people in the church. Through the things he suffered. Then it says, it pleased God. It pleased God. In us, in, in, in essence, the punishment that Jesus went through pleased God. The process was not pleasurable for God to get the glory. But the inconveniences of the journey are outweighed by the destination of the journey. Where we're going is more important than what we're going through. I'm finished for the day. To our guests, we'll do better next time. But I believe that where we are going is far more important than what we've been through, what we're going to go through, because right now, you all, we got to learn to capitalize 
on what God wants to do in us. He wants to get glory out of your life. And that process is so important for us to learn to yield to, to open up to. Let God get the glory out of your life that he put in your life. You may not like it right now, but boy, when you get to that destination, (coughs) it is one of the greatest things ever to know that God used you and got glory out of your life. Amen.